This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. No pain nor death can enter there. I feel like traveling on. Yes, I feel like traveling on. I feel like traveling on. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. Its glittering towers, the sun outshines. I feel like traveling on. That heavenly mansion shall be mine. I feel like traveling on. Yes, I feel like traveling on, my friend. I feel like traveling on. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. The Lord has been so good to I feel like traveling on Until that blessed home I see I feel like traveling on Yes, I feel like traveling on I feel like traveling on My heavenly home is bright and fair I feel like traveling feel like traveling on. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. Softly and tenderly Jesus is calling, calling for you.
from you and from me. Shadows are gathering, death's night is coming, coming for you and for me. Come home. Welcome to Worship, Good Neighbors. You're listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Pastor Greg Wilcox. Thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tague, our musicians, to Steve Helling, who is reading our lessons and doing our children's message, and also to Isaac Christensen, who is our recording engineer. A few announcements. This Coming Sunday, July 11th, worship is at Trinity, and we have gone to the summer schedule. So throughout the summer, there'll be one worship service at the different churches, and it will be at 9 a.m. So this Sunday, July 11th, is 9 a.m. at Trinity. We're starting an adult forum also this Sunday, and that will go through the summer. We'll be looking at the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The Sunday after next, July 18th, the service will be at Little Falls at 9 a.m. and that will be an outdoor service, weather permitting. You're able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and it's live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577 or by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and also through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by my wife, Gail, and myself in memory of our parents, Wally and Barbara Estenson, Frank and Billy Wilcox. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. 
Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. This Sunday is one of the Sundays after Pentecost. You may want to have a green cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross, and you might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your at-home worship experience. You may also want to have a Bible for yourself and or Bibles for the kids as part of your home worship materials. As we begin worship, it's our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence, and so we begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. Amen. We continue then with the confession. God of goodness and mercy, help us as we open our hearts and confess our sins. We doubt your presence and activity in our lives when we are struggling, confused, or hurting. Sometimes we lack patience, assuming we know when and how all things should happen. We forget that you are faithful in your promises to us. Other times we forget how vast your love is for us, for each of your children that you have uniquely created with purpose. We are truly sorry and ask for your forgiveness. Help us do what's right in the days to come. Surround us and renew us with your grace. Amen. Hear then this absolution. God is good and loves us unconditionally at all times and in all places. By grace we have been saved. In the name of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. Amen. We continue with more singing. So faithful 
Blessings, see what God has done. 
blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Thanks for that beautiful music, Jim and Debbie. I'm so grateful. We continue then with the invocation. Good neighbors, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please join me as I pray the prayer of the day. O God, from you come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works. Give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments and also that we, being defended from our enemies, may live in peace and quietness through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. I encourage you now to share a sign of peace. Bless yourself for someone worshiping with you today, beginning with a touch on the forehead, and use the Trinity formula, saying, Be blessed, or I am blessed, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, we turn to the Holy Scriptures. Thanks again to Steve, who will be reading our lessons and who is doing the children's sermon. The first reading is from the book of Amos, chapter 7, verses 7 through 15. This is what he showed me. The Lord was standing by a wall that had been built true to plumb, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord asked me, What do you see, Amos? A plumb line, I replied. Then the Lord said, Look, I am setting a plumb line among my people, Israel. I will spare them no longer. The high places of Isaac will be destroyed, and the sanctuaries of Israel will be ruined. With my sword I will rise against the house of Jeroboam. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent a message to Jeroboam, king of Israel. Amos is raising a conspiracy against you in the very heart of Israel. The land cannot bear all his words. For this is what Amos is saying. Jeroboam will die by the sword, and Israel will surely go into exile away from their native land. Then Amaziah said to Amos, Get out, you seer! Go back to the land of Judah. Earn your bread there and do your prophesying there. Do not prophesy any more at Bethel, because this is the king's sanctuary and the temple of the kingdom. Amos answered Amaziah, I was neither a prophet nor a prophet's son, but I was a shepherd, and I also took care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord took from me, tending the flock, and said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. Now then, hear the word of the Lord. The psalm for today is Psalm 85, verses 8 through 13. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people, his saints, but let them not return to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together, righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. The second reading is from Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. 
For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us, the one he loves, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us, all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. The gospel today is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 6, verses 14 through 29. King Herod heard about this for Jesus' name and became well known. Some were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead, and that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said, he is Elijah, and still others claimed, he is a prophet like one of the prophets of long ago. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, the man I beheaded, has been raised from the dead? For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to, because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, Ask me for anything you want, and I will give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, Whatever you ask, I will give you up to half my kingdom. She went out and, asked, and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. At once the girl hurried into the king with the request. I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oaths and dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head the man went, beheaded John in the prison, and brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. On hearing of this, John's disciples came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. Hello, young neighbors. I hope you're doing well. Did you have a fun Fourth of July celebration? Fireworks are great. Today we're going to talk about staying straight with God and how that can bring you blessings. So what does it mean to stay straight? In our readings today, it referenced a plumb line. It is basically a weight tied on the end of a string. 
Builders let it hang straight down so they can build a wall that is straight up and down. Now what would happen to a wall if it wasn't built straight? It could fall over. Staying straight with God helps us live a good and blessed life. He gave us instructions in the Ten Commandments and many other lessons in the Bible. Now let's get to the blessings God gives us. Did you know that God chose to love you before you were born? How cool is that? We are chosen. He adopted us as our children. For the adults, we call that salvation. We are chosen. Jesus died for our sins, so we are not captive to sin. For the adults, that's redemption. We are chosen. Those that believe and ask for forgiveness are holy and blameless in his sight. We are forgiven. We are chosen. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are available to us to help others find faith in Jesus Christ. For the adults, we are led. So if we have these gifts, what are we supposed to do with them? Keep them to ourselves? Share a little bit? Share a lot? When you have faith, you will know when to share. Know that sharing your faith with others has some risk in this world. Not everyone will say yes, but that's okay. Don't worry. Stay straight. Believe in him who sent you, and he loves you. Don't let anything come between you and God. When your life seems chaotic, rest in this truth. Jesus is Lord, and God is in control. Focus on them for strength in a crazy world. So let's review what we shared. God chose to love you before you were born. God has adopted us as his children. He loves us no matter what. Jesus died for our sins so we can have everlasting life in heaven. If we believe in Jesus, our sins are forgiven. We become holy and blameless in God's sight. The Holy Spirit will share gifts with us to help others find their faith in Christ too. So stay straight with God and Jesus and they will bless your life. So let's bow our heads and fold our hands. Let's say a prayer together. God and Jesus, thank you for loving me before I was born and loving me more now. Help me to trust in you to stay straight and share the gifts that you have given me with others who don't know you yet. Amen. Have a glorious week. Kids, we got a love song for you. This is a love song from mom and dad to all you kids out there. Tell me why the stars do shine. Tell me why the ivy twines. Tell me why the skies are blue. Then I will tell you just why I love you. Because God made the stars to shine. Because God made the ivy twine. Because God made the sky so blue. Because God made you, that's why I you out from all 
Thanks to Steve for reading the lessons and the children's message, and again to Jim and Debbie for that beautiful love song that they sang. My sermon today is on the gospel text, which is one of the hardest texts that I find in all of the New Testament, this story of the dancing girl and the old King Herod and the beheading of John the Baptist. Dear friends in Christ, have you ever felt a sense of dread for something that was coming? You have a dentist appointment to get a cavity filled and you're just dreading the big needle in your gums and the whine of the dentist drill. Or your yearly physical is coming up and you know you're a little overweight and your cholesterol level has gone up and you're dreading what the doctor is going to say. Or you've been putting off cleaning the garage for some months and now not only can't you get the car in there, there's not room for you in there either and you're dreading all the junk that you're going to have to sort through. Well, you can provide your own examples of what you dread. I've been dreading this service and this sermon ever since I saw, some weeks ago now, the gospel text for today. As I was getting ready to go on vacation, I was dreading it. All through vacation, whenever I would think about being back here at Neighbors United in Christ Parish, I was dreading it. Going out for dinner with the whole family, or sightseeing, or playing with my grandkids on the sand or in the waves of the ocean, I was dreading it. Coming home and working on cleaning out our house in Sioux Falls and moving everything to our lake place by Lindstrom, I was dreading it. Well, why all the drama and why all the dread? Simply put, because there just seems to be no good news, no gospel in this sad story of the beheading of John the Baptist. Which isn't to say that there aren't some important life lessons here. For instance, we can say, thinking of John the Baptist, that whenever you stick up for what is right, whenever you speak out against some injustice, you're also sticking your neck out. Doing the right thing can be, a very, can be very hard and very costly. Or we can say, thinking of Herodias, that bearing a grudge against another is corrosive. If you don't manage to forgive and forget a wrong done to you, it can consume your life. Or we can say, thinking of the young dancing woman and the old King Herod, that sexuality, exploitation, and lust are powerful forces that often undermine what is right and decent and good and can lead to lifelong regrets. And finally, we might say, thinking about life lessons, with Herod's promise to the dancing girl uh, that he said to her, I'll give you up to half my kingdom. And then thinking about Herod's pride, we could think how easy it is to make bad choices and how hard it is to admit that the choices we've made are poor ones. All of these are important life lessons to consider and learn from. But what struck me again and again and again was the question, where is the good news in this gospel text? Where is the God John the Baptist served when John's head was being served up on a platter? Where was Jesus when John was arrested and locked away and left wondering if his life and work had any meaning? Those are questions, of course, that many, many people have asked through the ages and continue to ask today in the midst of all the bad things that happen to good people. 
People have asked it about the recent collapse of the condominium building in Surfside, Florida. Where was God when the building collapsed, and why did so many have to die? People ask it when a young person, like a 15-year-old on a jet ski this past 4th of July weekend, gets killed. People have asked it during this pandemic, when one person or another gets COVID-19 and dies from it. I asked it when my father, just 72, got cancer and died after a lifetime of serving God as a missionary, a pastor, a Bible school teacher. I asked it when a young mother in my church died in a car accident, leaving behind her husband and young children. Perhaps there have been times in your life when you've asked these questions about where is God and where is Jesus in the midst of the suffering and the pain and the loss. If so, then this gospel text today is for you, as I've come to understand that it is for me. All my dread is gone, and I've come to see this text as offering a hidden hope, a profound grace. And so this text is for all of us who wonder at times, where is the good news in this thing that has happened? Where is God, or where is Jesus? Because if we're really honest with ourselves and with each other, we have to admit that there are many times, many times perhaps in each of our lives, that we experience mostly the absence of God, the absence of Jesus, the shattering sense that there is no good news. Here's how Frederick Buechner puts it in one of his devotions in his book, Listening to Your Life. Heaven knows terrible things happen to people in this world. The good die young, the wicked prosper, and in any one town anywhere, there is grief enough to flee, freeze the blood. When you experience something like this, bad things happening to good people, bad things happening to you, you really have at least a couple of choices. One choice is to stop believing in God at all. Years ago, I met a woman while working at my first real job. We got to talking about faith and about God, and she candidly admitted to me that she didn't believe in God. When I asked her why, this is what she said. She'd been married not too long ago and had gotten pregnant. The one thing she dearly wanted was for her grandmother to meet her baby. Apparently her grandmother had raised her, and they were very, very close. But her grandmother was dying from heart failure and was fading fast. The young woman prayed and prayed and asked God to keep her grandmother alive at least until her baby was born. The young woman made some extravagant promises to God if only her grandmother would live long enough to meet the little baby. But her grandmother died just a few days before the baby was born, and the young woman said solemnly to me that ever since she hadn't believed in God. God had let her down, not answered her prayers, and her response was to simply write God off. Many, many other people have responded in just the same way as this young woman. The other response is very different. It is a recognition of the mystery of life and faith, of pain and suffering and death. Here again is Beekner in that same little devotional. But from deep within, whatever the hidden spring is that, well, that life wells up from, there wells up into our lives, even at their darkest, and maybe especially then, a power to heal, to breathe new life into us. And in this regard, I think every man is a mystic, 
because every man at one time or another experiences in the thick of his joy or his pain the power out of the depths of his life to bless him. I do not believe that it matters greatly what you call this power. The Spirit of God is only one of its names. But what I think does matter vastly is that we open ourselves to receive it, that we address it and let ourselves be addressed by it, that we move in the direction that it seeks to move us, the direction of fuller communion with itself and with one another. Here again, Beekner suggests kind of the profounder, deeper sense of what is going on in each of our lives. And so I ask again, as I asked earlier in my message, where is the good news in our text today? Where is God and where is Jesus? If we look at verses at the end of chapter 5, right before our text, we can see that Jesus is at work raising a young girl who has died back to life. Even death must give way to the great life-giving power of the Savior. And if we look at the verses right after our text, right after the story of the beheading of John the Baptist, we see Jesus feeding the 5,000, walking on water, and healing all who come to him. The good news, the presence and power of God's love at work in Jesus, is before and after and all around this sad little story of John the Baptist. Though bad things happen to good people, happen to us, God is still at work deep within the hidden cracks and crevices of our lives. Jesus is before and after and all around each of our stories. And that, dear friends in Christ, is good news indeed. I'd like to read one of my favorite little hymns. This is a hymn by John Ilvesacker that is often used on a Sunday when there is a baptism, and it's called simply Borning Cry. And it suggests, or at least it infers, that in the midst of our life from the very, very beginning, when we take our first, our first breath and utter our first cry, to the time when we take that last long breath and we close our eyes in death, that whether we know it or not, Jesus is always present with us. Here's how it goes. I was there to hear your morning cry. I'll be there when you are old. I rejoice the day you were baptized to see your life unfold. I was there when you were but a child with a faith to suit you well. In a blaze of light you wandered off to find where demons dwell. When you heard the wonder of the word, I was there to cheer you on. You were raised to praise the living Lord to whom you now belong. If you find someone to share your time and join your hearts as one, I'll be there to make your verses rhyme from dust till rising sun. In the middle ages of your life, not too old, no longer young, I'll be there to guide you through the night, complete what I've begun. When the evening gently closes in and you shut your weary eyes, I'll be there as I have always been with just one more surprise. I was there to hear your morning cry. I'll be there when you are old. I rejoice the day you were baptized to see your life unfold. Amen. The chimes of time ring out the news. Another day is through. Some slipped and fell Was that someone you 
added strength your courage to renew do not be disheartened for I have news for you it is no secret what God can do what is done for others he'll do With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. There is no night, for in his light you'll never walk alone. Always feel at home. Wherever you may roam, there is no power can conquer you, while God is on your side. Take him at his promise, don't run away and hide. It is no secret what God can do. What is done for others, he'll do for you. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. We continue then as we confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I'll invite Debbie and Jim to come and do the prayers of the church. Let us come before the triune God in prayer. Holy Parent, 
You welcome your people into one family and gather all things to yourself. Bestow your grace upon your beloved church. Lavish your wisdom upon us and redeem us from our faults, that by our witness all might praise your glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Awesome Creator, you steadfastly tend to the smallest of seeds and the mightiest of sycamore trees. Spring up green growth from the earth, nourish the growth of fruit, grain, and other crops, and bless the work of farmers and laborers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of the oppressed, turn the ears of those who are in power to the voices of prophets in our own day. Protect those who speak difficult truths when it is risky to do so. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of strength, you are near to those who endure difficulty. Comfort all who are survivors of violence. Guard the refugee and the immigrant, and protect all those who are victims of prejudice and discrimination. And today we especially remember the health and well-being of Julie Dubois, Sue Fowler, Joanne Fowler, Christina Burgett, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Myrna Brown, Mary Greiser, Vernon Lee, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Rick Elmer, Sherm Olson, Randy Goglin, Maury and Lee Nicholson, Kirsten Overby, Andy Elmer, and Leslie. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of love, we pray for this holy house and all those who worship here. We pray especially for those whose efforts behind the scenes often go unnoticed. For the custodians and maintenance workers, for the office staff, and for all of our volunteers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you, God, for the saints, martyrs, and prophets who have died in the faith. United with them as God's children, assure us that we are yours forever. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift our prayers to you, O God, trusting in your abiding grace. Amen. Continue then uh, with our offering part of the service. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish or to your home congregation or the synod or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. As you consider that, I hope you enjoy our offering song. A woman in the Bible days, her last meal almost gone. 
God sent Elijah to make his word known. He said, woman, don't you worry, for God sent me today. And before you even ask him, help was on the way. Just hold on a little longer, help is on the way. A brighter day is coming for those who believe and pray. Help won't help tomorrow if you give up today. Just hold on a little longer, help is on. Troubles of this life combined And burdens get you down You think no one is listening You think no one is around Just remember what his word says Just trust him and obey Keep your eyes toward the heavens Cause help is on Just hold on a little longer, help is on the way. A brighter day is coming for those who believe and pray. Help won't help tomorrow if you give up today. Just hold on a little No help won't help tomorrow if you give up today. Just hold on a little longer. Help is on the way. We continue with our offering prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit be the power that moves us. Amen. We continue as we pray our Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Receive then the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. We have another song. Be not dismayed, whatever be God will. 
God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. All you may need, He will provide. God will take Nothing you ask will be denied. God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. Our pastor today is the Reverend Greg Wilcox. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. Every day, for all the way.